I'll get in trouble for this, I'm certain, but. What's going on, college football fans? Welcome back to episode 50. Five oh zero of the Saturday Six Podcast. Your guys, AJ and Tyler, back again, this time to talk college football playoff national championship game. Michigan versus Washington. 14-0 versus 14-0. It's all on the line Monday night in Houston, and we're here to talk about it. Before we do, just want to remind you guys, as always, share the podcast with a friend and make sure to give us a rating on your podcast platforms. We always appreciate that if you do it. My brother, you ready to talk ball one more time? Episode 50, I mean, the grand finale, the national championship for the trophy, for the bragging rights. I mean, it is all on the line. We got the Washington Huskies, the Michigan Wolverines. I mean, two teams that have looked like the best two teams in football almost all season long. I mean, it's here, the big one. Let's do it, dude. Yeah, I'm excited, and I think these fan bases are too, man. The last time Michigan won a national championship was 1997. Your boy was one years old, and you weren't even born yet. Wasn't and a thought. <laughs> the last time Washington won in 1991, neither one of us was a thought. So uh, both of these fan bases are very excited. College football fans in general are excited, Unless maybe you're an Oregon or an Ohio State fan. I don't know. And you might not be too excited. But uh, <laughs> everybody else is because we get Michigan's defense versus Michael Penix Jr. and this Washington offense, right? Like, that's got to be it. The, that's got to be the storyline, right? That, that, yeah. I mean, there's a little more in there. There's a lot to unpack here. But that's the big one right there. I mean, elite offense, elite defense. How's it gonna go? Let's talk about it. I mean, let's let's go let's go side by side. Let's go. Obviously, we're not gonna get to see JJ McCarthy and Michael Penix Jr. on the field at the same time, right? Like that might be um what's hyped up is this quarterback matchup, but they're never gonna be on the field at the same time. When Michigan is on defense and Washington's offense is out there, you've got Washington with the elite, elite Heisman contending quarterback. You've got a great running back in Dylan Johnson. You've got wide receivers on the outside who two or three of them could be first-round picks. And then, oh, wait, you got the Joe Moore Award offensive line of the year in that Washington front five. Arguable, but yeah. The Wolverines, <laughs> I mean, they've probably been the best defense in college football this year. In a lot of statistical areas, they are. And um, just judging by the eye test, I think that they probably are as well. But um, they've got their hands full on Monday night, man. This 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 Washington offense, man, they can put points up on the board. What goes down? How does it happen? Um, how does Washington succeed on offense? How does Michigan succeed on defense? What do you think? Yeah, for Washington, you got to be quick. I mean, you got to be fast because – this defensive line and these linebacking core of Michigan, they are very fast. And they're not going to give you a ton of time to run a super deep route or 
go through your progressions. You got to be quick. You got to get the ball out fast and rely on your wide receivers to make moves and make plays with the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna get the deep ball very much in this game if you're Washington. I just don't think that your offensive line is gonna hold up that long enough. And that's not a knock on the offensive line, but we saw it against Alabama. I mean, Jalen Milrow had less than two seconds to get the ball mm-hmm. out of his hands or he was running for his life or eating grass. Right. Um, and with as good as this offensive line is, I'll give them the credit. They're very good, but I think this is such an elite defensive line that you got to be fast. You got to be very fast. And if you can be physical on that offensive line, keep your quarterback up, get some run game going to help out your receivers and keep that secondary honest, then – I mean, that that's the formula for success. That's how you see Washington put up a lot of points and have a lot of success offensively. And yeah. for Michigan's defense, I mean, it, it goes the same. You got to do what you do best really, really well, and that is getting pressure on the quarterback, having a very strong front seven, eliminate that run game, eliminate Michael Penix's ability to get out of the pocket and make some magic happen. Keep him in the pocket. Yes, he's very comfortable in the pocket, but – if you don't give him time to make those long right. throws, because I mean, that, this guy's arm, up, right? This guy's arm is huge. I mean, yeah. he'll throw a sixty-yard deep ball. I mean, he can do it, no problem. Yeah. But if you don't give him the time to do so, I think you find a lot of success. And then all you got to do is rally to the ball, rally, have multiple guys making the tackle um, on those yeah. wide receivers in the flats, and I think you're very successful that way. I love everything you said there. I I tend to agree. I think, you know, for me, it comes down to um, I think I think Michigan's defense is actually very similar to Texas defense, the same Texas defense that Washington played in that semifinal game a week ago, except I think there's a big I think there's a small but big difference. I think they match up when it comes to the front seven, probably. Like, I think the interior of Texas's defense is its strength on the defensive line. I think that's probably the same for Michigan, right? Like yeah. we talked about in the last episode, not the Hutchinson or the Ojabo on the on the outside necessarily, but the inside with Graham and some of those other big cats is uh, pretty formidable. Linebacking core is solid, not great, but solid. But then I think the, di- the difference is this Michigan secondary, I think, is probably significantly, if not, a decent amount better than Texas secondary. Um, I think Will Johnson and Mike Sainra still are um, really, really good rangy athletic guys that can match up with these Washington receivers um, down the field. So um, I'm, I'm really interested. I think this might be uh most interesting um, uh, side of the ball that I'm, I'm going to watch on Monday night because uh, just the number one defense versus the number one offense. I mean, that that's what this is built up to be. So uh, I'm excited to watch that. I think it um, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. Washington, like I've said time and time again, they have to be balanced in this game. I think if you are shut down when you're trying to run the ball with Dylan Johnson, that it's going to be a longer game for Michael Penix. I think he's going to have trouble being as accurate as he was against Texas against this improved uh, Michigan secondary. Um but then you got the other side, right? Like, I mean, you can't you can't just talk about um, Washington's offense because that defense, like we said, they look pretty good about against Texas in this uh, semifinal game. Braylon Trice, 
Not a lot of people talking about Mr. Trice coming into the season, and he made himself a lot of money last week and uh, potentially could make himself some more money. So what do we think, man? This Washington defense that has at times looked a little shaky but impressed us lately versus this Michigan offense, J.J. McCarthy and company, Blake Corum. What do you think, man? How does Michigan succeed on offense? How does Washington stifle that Michigan offense? I think if you're Michigan, you don't have to do anything special. You're not you're not trying to do anything that you haven't done already this season. I mean, you got Blake Corum. Use the guy. I mean, he's going to make plays for you if you give him the ball enough times. Um, he won you the college football playoff with an incredible run. And, and I, I, I just think that that's kind of the key for you. I mean, you talk about key players in this game and everybody wants to say J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix. It's the quarterback matchup here. But I think the run game is really important for Michigan, which they've been really good at all year. It's not time to get fancy. It's time to do what you do best at a very high level. And, you know, obviously you got to have some passing game. JJ McCarthy's got to be able to make the right reads, protect the ball. And don't, here's the thing about having a good run game is if you have a good run game and you stay ahead of the sticks and stay ahead of the down, then you're not asking him to do too much out of his comfort zone. Get him in favorable passing situations because the passing situations are going to be there. But make them favorable. Make them reads that he's comfortable making, throws that are throws right. that he's comfortable making. Uh, and it, it sounds almost too simple to be true, but I, I think it really is kind of that simple for Michigan. And then, you know, for Washington – I've been impressed with how physical they are. Mm-hmm. They got to be physical, man. I mean, there, there's no time to let off the gas here. You got to be very physical. You got to make JJ McCarthy use his legs, you know, stop Blake Corum, make it, make it long third downs. Um, mm-hmm. And then be good at getting off the Get field off the on field. third down, yeah. get yeah. off the field. The longer that Washington's defense can put the ball in Michael Penix's hand, their probability of winning it climbs exponentially. Right. Um, so you got to get off the field on third downs. Don't let them convert the fourth downs where, you know, momentum starts to slide that way. And then do something early to get a little bit of momentum, you know, like get, get a big sack, get a forced fumble, whether you recover it or not, build some momentum that you can use throughout the game and that you can kind of lean on to, you know, tell your guys like, Hey, we can do this. This is very possible, you know? And I think that's a huge key for success. Yeah. I I tend to agree with you as well. You know, um, you know, you touched on quorum. I mean, he's just been not necessarily super explosive, right? Like it's almost around four and a half yards per carry, but I mean, he's just got a nose for the end zone, 20, 25 touchdowns. And he's consistent. Absolutely ridiculous, you know, and and we thought we'd see a little bit more Donovan Edwards this year and it hasn't really happened. He's kind of kind of disappeared. Honestly, Um, I saw him on the field a few times against Alabama. Um, So it's pretty much been the quorum show. Um, And then on the 
on the outside, you got that kid, Roman Wilson, who made huge plays, bailed out J.J. McCarthy in the semifinals. He's got 12 touchdowns on the year. So I think you I think you stay and I think you stick with the guys that got you there. Right. Like, yep. Don't get away from from running the ball. Even if it's second and 10, if you've thrown an incomplete pass, don't get away from running the ball. Um, Blake Corum, like I said, not super explosive, but when you get down around that goal line, you, you're going to want to give him the ball. And then find your guy, Roman Wilson. Find your tight end, Loveland. Find Cornelius Johnson, the guys that have been coming through for you time and time again this year. Um, and then, like I said, I mentioned the name, but if I'm Washington, I have got to get pressure on J.J. McCarthy. Obviously, you've got to use that front seven to stop Quorum in the run game first. But once I do that, once I get them in third and medium to third and long, like you said, and I'm trying to get off the field, you got to get pressure on the quarterback and you got to hold up in the back end as far as the secondary goes. So I'm looking for, if I'm a Washington fan, I'm looking for big Braylon Trice. He's probably going to be a first round draft pick here in a few months. I'm looking for him to have a big game because. That is probably your only hope of slowing down this Michigan offense. I think if they are efficient and if they are not turning the ball over like they had a tendency to do, and they were just kind of shooting themselves in the foot there for a while in that Rose Bowl, if they uh, are able to take care of the ball, it could be a uh, a long night for this Washington defense if they're not able to slow down that running attack and um, turn the ball over. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I mean – I think this could very well match up to be one of the closest nail-biter national championships that we've seen in a while. I mean, obviously, we don't get that uh, last year with the blowout and uh, abolishment of TCU there. There's no Um, no way we get a 60-point win, right? There's no way that we're having a team win by uh, 58 or whatever it is. No, I, I, I don't think so, just because, you know, it goes back to Michigan defense versus Washington offense. I think if, if there's an offense that's going to score 60 points, it's going to be Washington. Yeah. I think they're just more likely to have the ability to put up points like that. And this Michigan defense isn't going to allow that. There, there's no way. I mean, if there is, I, I'm done with college football for the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We Obviously. Yeah. But uh, no, this this is going to be a close game. I think this is going to be a very hard-fought game. I think a lot of back and forth here. Yeah. Um, well, Vegas thinks it's going to be a close game too. I mean, you we're uh, we're sitting here on Saturday around eight o'clock right now, and depending on where you find this spread, it is Michigan minus four and a half. So uh, we got to make a pick. Like we do every week, this time only one, not six. But if you want to take Michigan, you got to take them to win by five. If you're going to ride with the Huskies, you like them to keep it closer than five, then you can take the Washington Huskies here. But um, what do you think, man? One more time, Michigan minus four and a half. You're riding with the Wolverines, or do you like the Huskies to keep it a little bit closer? I think Washington is going to struggle to put up the amount of points that they're used to putting up against this Michigan defense. But I think this Washington defense steps up in a really big way and kind of limits what Michigan's able to do. I mean, Michigan was pretty limited against Alabama. They scored 27 points, but it takes them two overtimes to do so. Um, I think Washington has a really good shot at this, and I'm going to take the Huskies to – Cover this four and a half point spread. 
Ooh, Huskies plus four and a half. Um, not gonna give you my national champions yet. Okay, but I'm gonna give you, you holding out. I'm gonna give you Huskies plus four and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I like Washington plus the four and a half. I think it's a little bit too much. I think this is a close game. I think it's a fourth quarter game. It may even be an overtime national championship game. We could only hope so, right? I think I think Washington, like you said, I think that they do make enough plays on defense to keep this a lower scoring game so that their offense can do just enough against that powerful Michigan defense to keep them in it. I think that the final score is Michigan 31, Washington 32. I'm taking the Washington Huskies straight up to win a national championship. The first wow. one since 1991. Go Huskies. I hate to disappoint here, folks, because it's not going to look sexy. But in the final year of the Conference of Champions, we have a national champion, folks. I'm rolling with the Huskies. It's their year. And it it's going to be one heck of a way to go out for the Pac-12. They're going to get one last national champion before the conference is abolished. And the Washington Huskies are going to be the big man coming onto campus when they go into the Big Ten next year. Man, come- what a way to enter a conference, right? I right? Mean, right? About- Talking about we own the Big Ten, homie. We're coming in as national champs, and we just knocked off Michigan that's been in the college football playoff the last three years. What a what a story it would be. Um I I, I mostly just I mostly just can't. I just can't do it. Can't pull for Michigan in this game. We don't side there's, with cheaters. There is no <laughs> way in hell that you can openly admit to cheating. Have your head coach suspended mul- multiple times throughout the year. They have, could still be facing more. Could still be facing more ramifications and win a national championship. I just, I can't, I can't do it. I can't pull for Michigan in this game. I'm riding with the Huskies, as is a lot of America, more than likely. So um, we're both going to be on the side of the Huskies here. Washington plus four and a half. That is the pick, the final pick for the year. We'll be back to recap it. We'll do a recap episode, and we'll be back to talk off-season news, recruiting, transfer portal, all of it. College football is insane. It's year-round, but uh, for the last time this year, making picks. Any final thoughts from you, brother? Episode 50, man. It's been a ride. 5-0. Thank you guys for listening to each one of these podcasts. 50 is a big mark. Uh, One last thought. Favorite play of this college football season. Uh, I'm going to go with a bonehead play here. I'm going to go Miami running the ball when they just needed to take a knee and losing to Georgia Tech. Favorite play of the season. Hey, you want to talk about bonehead? (laughs) 
You want to talk about bonehead? I had Clemson in my college football playoff to start the year, and they started four and four. So I was feeling pretty boneheaded through eight <laughs> weeks of the season. But hey, we straightened it out, brother. We finished above 500, well above 500, both about uh, 20 games above 500 against the spread this year. So um, we were in the green for sure, bringing you guys some good coverage, some good picks of these college football games. And we will be back to do it again soon. For my brother Tyler, I am AJ, and this was another episode, a national championship episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. We'll see you back soon.